0: What's up
1: people? Adam Hunter here. Listen, I'm on the road. I'm in Reno at the Laugh Factory all week at the Reno Laugh Factory. For giving you three podcasts this week because that's how I do it, okay? Uh, we have Phil Davis on the show today as well as Don Fry and Leo Kuntz. That's a pretty damn good lineup. Uh, I want to thank our sponsor, Santa Cruz Medicinals. It's potent CBD-infused coconut oil, olive oil, MCT oil, vape pens, and more. It's gluten-free, vegan, paleo, and sugar-free. It's lab-tested, go-to SCmedicinals.com. Use the code Roasted for $10 off, $100 or more. It's really, really good stuff. I highly recommend it. I take it all the time when I want to relax. And uh, it's great. It's really, really good. I highly recommend it. Uh, and I we cook with it. Me and my wife, my wife and I, we cook it. And uh, it's awesome. Also, Speedweed. Listen, marijuana is free in California. Not free. It's legal in California. I wish it was. It's going to be free soon. Uh, but it's legal in California. So. You can get it delivered to you right to your doorstep at speedweed.com. They will deliver it to you. They got everything from edibles to vape pens to CBD to marijuana to THC sex lube to you name it. They got it. I mean, they have cookies and marijuana, macaroons. They, they'll they take care of you, okay? And uh, Gino's the guy. He's awesome. Go to speedweed.com. Follow them at Speedweed. Mention Roasted. You get $10 off, $100 or more. Uh, so, listen, people. Pinned. I got pinned done, finally. Well, we got the shooting done. So, as you know, what was it, five, six years ago, I wrote a script about a wrestling movie because there's never been a, a comedy about wrestling. I mean, there's been win-win, but never like a Mighty Ducks or Bad News Bears or even like the TV show Eastbound and Down. I mean, nothing that centers around a wrestling team with a, Dysfunctional coach. And I've been coaching for 13 years. And there's just been so much funny stuff that's happened. I come home, I tell my friends, like, today this happened, that happened. And they're like, this is a movie. This is a movie. So I've been writing it down and I wrote the script. And uh, you know, when you write a script, it's not just like you can just write it. It takes a long time to write a really good script. And I mean my friend Dave wrote it and um my friend Dave Levin, really, really talented writer. And we you know 10, 20 versions, just over and over and over. So then I did an Indiegogo campaign and tried to like – I filmed that, tried to raise the money for the movie. And I talked to a lot of different people. They said half a million dollars is what you want to get, half a million dollars, half a million which is still cheap. For a movie, that's pretty cheap in Hollywood. I mean anything under a million is considered cheap or even under five million. So we didn't raise that. We raised 3% of that. I mean less than 12 grand is what we raised. But but had so many donors. And I you know I, I, I went hard. I mean I posted it, called everybody, emailed everybody, texted everybody. Facebooked everybody, everybody that I could possibly know. I reached out to everybody. And uh, a lot of people donated, but a lot of people gave me $10, $15, $20, which I'm eternally grateful for, but it's just, it wasn't enough. I was hoping for that one big donor, which I didn't get. So now I'm stuck uh, because every time I go on Instagram Live or Facebook Live or Periscope, People that watch me are like, "Where's my movie? Where's pinned? Where's pinned? Where's pinned?" And it's hard to make a movie for twelve thousand dollars, especially a feature. It's really, really hard. It's, I mean, it's just, it's just not easy, especially when you don't own the equipment and you know actors and locations. So I'm like, "All right, what do I do?" You know, I mean, one guy even like was telling me I, I stole the money. I'm like, "Come on, man, it's not what happened." So I rewrote the movie into a pilot because. I can pitch the show as a TV series, and I actually have a lot more contacts in the TV industry than the, than the movie industry. So that took a long time. I hired my buddy um, and uh, who wrote like you know, 20, 30 movies that were kind of made for TV movies, and we worked on it, worked on it, and my friend Joey Medina, who's a great director and a comedian, he said, you know, I gave him the script, he's like, I, could, I can shoot this, I own the equipment, but it's going to... I had to to really, really get it down. Take away all the action sequences and and this, and anything that cost money. Try to get it down to like, you know, figure out locations. So that took a long, long time, but I did it. I finally got it down, and we shot a date, and we got a date set, and I hired the actors. We had people audition, and even that was hard because, you know, I I have a lot of friends that I was like, we, I had to, they had to audition. I don't want to just give out parts because a lot of times you just give someone something and they don't really. Earn it or whatever. It's it's just it's hard, and everyone was doing it for super low budget and they were doing me favors. And you know, I called it all my favors, and uh, and it was hard because I had friends that have been on Broadway and numerous TV shows and numerous movies, and asking them to put themselves on tape for for me and the director is not easy. So they did it, and we got the best possible cast I can get. And then the locations were like in my house, and that led to a huge fight with my wife because. I didn't really let her in, which I, I wasn't, I had so much on my mind, I didn't actually tell her we were shooting in the bedroom. There was a bedroom scene, and the girl that we cast was, used to be, a, or was a playmate, and she's a great actress, she she auditioned, but that was hard, because it was in my bed, and my wife came in, and she's having the baby, and she's like, what are you doing? You have a wife and kids, why is this girl in a bra? And I'm like, well, I don't have a baby and wife in the, in the scene, and, and in the scene, I get broken up, so literally... My, the, the lady's like, I want to see other people. It's not right for me in the scene. And I hear, me too, from the kitchen. So it was a disaster. So my wife, they got a hotel room for the weekend, which her boss paid for. It was a whole thing. And I learned that I have to really be honest with people. Um, I should have been more honest with my wife. I'm not that I'm not honest with people, but I should have been more honest with my wife and told her we were shooting a scene, even though it was a breakup scene, and there's no, we're not rolling around not a love scene or a sex scene. We're shooting that in the bedroom. So that was a whole thing, and, you know, then throughout the shooting, my wife is sending me texts, hashtag boycott pinned, and I had to go to church, and I'm Jewish, to make up for it, which church, by the way, is, I like church. I mean, they had a lot of really good morals and good stories, and they had music, and it was beautiful, and I mean, the whole Jesus being the son of God thing isn't something that I, you know, prescribe to since I'm Jewish, but, you know, there's a lot of good things about church. So, Anyway. Back to just these some of the actors, you know, couldn't make it, last minute cuts. I was driving to uh an audition the other day and I was thirty minutes late and I drop off the baby at my dad's and one of the actors that I that was like, Hey man, can we shoot my scene later? And now I'm like looking through my phone while driving, which I shouldn't have done, and then for other actors to replace him and I got pulled over. And this cop on the motorcycle was like, I'm like, sorry, man, I'm late for a meeting. He's like, don't worry, you're going to make your meeting. I'm like, thank God I'm out of this ticket because he's like, because you're going to be alive and I'm not going to give you a ticket. So it was a whole thing. Anyway, we shot about, you know, so many scenes in four days. We crunched it all in. Uh, I begged, borrowed, and stealed for the locations. Everything was great. And the hard work, well, now it's the editing part, but the hard work for the actual pins is done and I'm super happy. The kids had a great time. I got to give some of their kids their first acting work. The parents were happy. They were telling me, hey, man, you know, uh, my kid wants to be an actor now, and this is great. So that was awesome, and I'm super happy about it, and uh, can't wait for you to see it. So that's – but it was a lot of work. I mean, man, was it a lot of work. And then I had a show Friday night. I should have took off, but I had two shows Friday. And then um, The Laugh Factory, uh, you know, I did a show. There was a woman that was – I'm on stage, and she's looking down, and this old, there's, like, nine Filipino people, and I'm like, hey, are you okay, miss? Are you texting? And she's like, this old Filipino lady was like, I'm eating. Uh, So I'm like, oh, sorry. I didn't mean to bother you while you were eating. And then I went on during later in my set. I'm like, who here shaves their vagina? And the woman didn't raise her hand. I'm like, that's why nobody looks down at you and says, I'm eating. So that was good. Uh, But it was, like, my show Friday night at the Laugh Factory. I didn't get on until, like, 1 o'clock in the morning, and... It was just people were just yelling stuff. It was more of a town meeting than a show and a question and answer. I was having a great set. I was killing. It was fun. But I'll tell you, like there was a little person, an African-American little person that was a female in the front row who was adorable. And I said that this is the most normal thing about this crowd. Uh, And she was loving it. She added me on Instagram. I guess she's on TLC, the Little People Big World Show or something. And uh, I said she's probably great in bed because you can spin her twice as fast. So, uh, update from Mayhem Miller, I spoke to Mayhem, he's doing really well, uh, actually he calls me from jail maybe five or six times a week, uh, and um, I gotta say, I don't know if he's on his medication or what, but this is the best and happiest I've heard from Mayhem in a while, and he's doing well in jail, he's actually leading the uh, the workouts with him and the the other prisoners, and he's doing comedy shows, and he seems, he's he laughing a lot, and it was good to talk to Mayhem. The old Mayhem is back. The the Mayhem that, you know, is so charismatic and smart and fun. That's the mayhem that I've been talking to and hopefully he's out soon. I think he's looking at I don't know what he's looking at, but uh if you want his his uh if you want his address, hit me up, I'll give you his address. If you wanna email him. He loves getting letters and stuff from people and sending people that sending books and stuff. So uh a little mayhem Miller update, which is cool. Um, then Saturday I got a show at the Laugh Factory too. And I mean literally I had like three hours, four hours of sleep. So I'm doing a show at the Laugh Factory and I had Billy Idol tickets, which I didn't know was gonna be acoustic. So I wasn't that upset to get rid of the Billy Idol acoustic tickets because look, I I'm a Billy Idol fan. I'm not a hardcore fan, but who doesn't like White Wedding and Rebel Yell and Eyes Without a Face and some of the other songs and Dancing with Myself. Billy Idol's pretty damn awesome. Acoustic though. I, when I want to see a rock show, I want to see a rock show. Not that it wasn't great, but or wouldn't have been great. But I got a last minute booking at the Laugh Factory in Long Beach, so I couldn't make the Billy Idol show. So I was gonna sell my tickets on Craigslist, which you know I think I paid 150 for both of them or something, and I was gonna just pay, sell it at face value. Well, you know you realize how old you are because every person who responded had an AOL account. And nobody knew how to Venmo or PayPal. Everyone thought it was a scam. I'm like, no. Uh, And then they wanted me to drop off the tickets, the hard copy. I'm like, no, I will email you the tickets. And they're like, well, how do I know this isn't a scam? You're not from Africa and doing some type of Nigerian. I'm like, listen, I'll make a video for you telling you. And people are now calling the comedy club because I'm like, I can't go because I have a comedy show at the Laugh Factory. People are now calling the comedy club to see why I can't go. To see, and, and it, which is good because people were like, Is Adam Hunter performing? Which is great, but really? So that that was that. Um, and uh, then what else has happened? Um, let's fight. Let's talk about some of the MMA news before we get into our phone calls. So TJ Dillashaw tested positive for something for Usada, which is weird. They tested positive for this fight because he looked like the guy from uh, what's that Christian Bale movie, The Machinist? I mean, you know, when I'm look, I'm 40, I, I always remember steroids making you like big and jacked and strong, which is what he looked like for the other fights. For this fight, he looked like people should send him money for food, um, or send send him food. So man, it sucks that he tested positive for something. I know that Cody Garbrandt tweeted like a emoji about a frog and a coffee. I don't know what that even means, but sure. Um, but that sucks for TJ because. I don't even know why he fought at 125. I think that was an ego thing. That was a mistake. And now he can't fight for a year. And MMA fans are pretty quick to forget how good you were and whether you were the champ, especially if something like this happens. I mean, when TJ beat Cody Garbrandt, people were claiming him as like the, the, you know, pound for pound top three fighters in the world. And now he's falling off, especially with his uh, getting knocked out so quickly or stopped by Cejudo, who was, was lighter. And now with the steroids, it's been a bad year for TJ Dillashaw. Uh, but I like TJ, and uh, best of luck to getting yourself back where it is. Uh, ben Askren is now talking shit to Masvidal and Nick Diaz. Now, the Nick Diaz fight, I think, is a great fight for Askren. I think that you know his wrestling will cancel out Nick Diaz's game plan because, especially what's going on now, uh, Diaz hasn't fought in a long time. Seems so like he's parting. He was retired. Doesn't want to hurt anybody. So hopefully they make that fight happen. The worst fight for Askren right now, I think, is the Robbie Lola rematch because, you know, anybody with good takedown defense, which Robbie has, as he showed against the Johnny Hendricks, is just gonna be tough because Askren, you know, he, he is older. Uh so um he's not the same fighter he I mean, he didn't look that great in his last fight, let's be honest. He looked tough. He looks great, he looks amazing, he looked stubborn, but he almost got stopped and 10 seconds and and I love Askren once again I love Askren but that was not his best performance it was his most I mean compelling performance if you're as far as action and drama and I, I was sitting with my friend Tarun it was his first fight ever and he goes Ben Askren's not my new favorite fighter but that was not the Ben Askren just dominating and running through everybody like he was in one FC aside from that one fight and in Bellator aside from the Jay Haran fight um the UFC England that happened over the weekend with Darren Till and uh Masvidal. Masvidal. is just tough, man. I mean, he's just a tough guy. He's a great fighter and when he loses, he doesn't get dominated. He gets he gets split decisioned uh usually and usually it's a controversial or you could argue that he won. And when he when he wins, he looks good. He looks really good. And he looked really good against uh, Darren Till, even though he almost got stopped early. And then just, you know, classic Masvidal. I've hung out. When I did that podcast with um, Colby Covington, Kevin Lee, uh, Dean Thomas, in my hotel room, Masvidal was there. He didn't want to be on the podcast, so I'm not going to, like, make him be on a podcast, but he was there hanging out in the background, just being cool and having fun. And he's a good guy. He's a good dude. And I've been a Masvidal fan since the... Kimbo Slice backyard days. And he got dropped in one of those fights too and came back in one. He's just a tough, durable guy who likes to fight. If you're fighting in Kimbo Slice's backyard, you love fighting. You love fighting. That's not a guy who is an all-American wrestler who doesn't necessarily want to go into the workforce and just says, hey man, I want to compete because I like competing. This is a guy who loves fighting. And when you step to a guy like that, as Leon Edwards did, look, you call out a guy like that and and Masvidal did. He had his hands behind his uh his back. And then he said it with that great I gave him a three piece and a soda. You know, awesome. I I think that's like the the Nick Diaz Wolf tickets saying where I'm like three piece and a soda. Just when he says it, look like if I say three piece and a soda, everyone's like thinks that I actually ate three pieces of chicken and a soda. When when Masvidal says it, you're like that's fucking cool. That's a cool guy. So uh so that was pretty damn awesome. Um some good fights this weekend. We'll we'll go over them with uh, with some of some with Phil Davis. We'll go over them with Don Fry. We'll go over them with uh, my man uh, who actually has a really good uh, Dylan Dennis story. Yes, and I'm talking about um, Leo Kuntz has a really good Dylan Dennis story that I want I want to hear. Of course, I want to hear. Uh, so right now we're going to call Don Fry. Um, which I said, hey, you want to be on the podcast? And he said, go fuck yourself. That was what he said, followed by a smiley face. Classic Don Fry. When Don Fry tells me to go fuck myself, it's it's probably a compliment. That's just Don Fry. Don Fry is like probably the last badass in the world right now. Uh, maybe all, but Don Fry is a, a different level of a person. Don Fry is like, he's just that guy. He's just... When you think of like cool, I mean, he's like the real live Clint Eastwood. He's the real live just guy that is just, I mean, he should have been a Viking or like a pirate or something, That's, but maybe he wouldn't have stood out then if it was a Viking or pirate because then he just would have been like every other Viking or pirate. So maybe what the fuck do I know I'm talking about? So hopefully you're enjoying this podcast so far. Maybe you are, maybe you're not. I don't care. You're getting it for free. You're not paying for this shit. So here we go. Um, calling Don Fry right now. Hopefully he picks up. Is it even working? Why is this thing even is this thing even working? Come on, dude. Let's see what we got. It says ringing. Uh, here we go Bluetooth. No. Hey, my name and number. I'll oh. Later. Oh, that. Right was, all right, guess he didn't pick up. Let's try oh. him again. All right, here we go. Boom. Don Fry, so let's see if he picks up. Let's see if Don Fry picks up the phone. Hello, hello, Don Fry. Yeah, you're on the M May podcast. How's it going, buddy? Oh uh, shoot, I thought I was on another hour. You were on another hour, but I, I just I, I got bored, so I uh, called you. Everything okay? All right, I will. I promise. All right. Oh, no, right. no problem. All right, bye bye. All right, bye. All right, that was Don Fry. I have to call him back in a couple Ooh. minutes. Uh, I did say another hour. I just thought maybe he. I don't know. I just figured maybe. Anyway, what else is going on? Um, I miss my baby. Being on the road sucks when you have a kid. It really does. Cause you miss. I miss my kid. My kid's awesome. My little baby. She's like, she's getting her first tooth. She has one tooth right now. Which is awesome. So uh I um, she fits right in. We're gonna go to uh, we're gonna go to Nebraska so she could fit in. Is it Nebraska? Uh, Arkansas maybe? We're gonna go to Arkansas. People from Nebraska have, have teeth. We're gonna go to Arkansas. People at Arkansas have teeth too. But I think this is kind of funny. So um, yeah. What else is going on in my life? I do miss my my wife. I love my wife, and I know she got mad at me for shooting that thing in the in the house. But look, you know, nobody's perfect. I wasn't perfect, obviously, because I should have told her. That we were going to shoot there, and she's not perfect because maybe she overreacted or got mad at me for too long. But you can't have it all, people. All right, you can't have it all. You know, sometimes people are looking for the perfect person. Not nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfect, and you just have to outweigh the good with the bad. And the right now it's ninety nine point nine 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 to point zero 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 one, good to the bad. Speaking of which, so Conor McGregor uh, was drunk and said that. You know, he was kind of making excuses for why he lost to Khabib and he there should be a rematch and this and that. And, you know, I tell the kids that I coach wrestling, looks, there's always going to be those people in school who don't study and get an A. Those athletes who don't train and can run the mile faster than everybody else. Those those people that can just, they're just naturally talented and gifted, you know, they could party all they want and do all the drugs they want and still come in and just kick butt. And the problem is that athletes, a lot of them think that the rules that those rules apply to them as well, that they can just do whatever they want. And it usually is not the case. And it usually catches up to you. It hasn't caught up to John Jones. I mean, physically it hasn't. He's still dominating everybody in, in ridiculous fashion. But it seems like McGregor, it's catching up to him. The, the people are passing him. You can't just do drugs and alcohol and party and out to 5 o'clock in the morning and do all this stuff while everybody else is training to beat you. Eventually, they will beat you. Um, John Jones might be the exception to the rule, but for every John Jones, there's countless of people that could have been amazing if they would have put their mind to it. Everyone knows someone like that. Somebody who was in, oh man, that guy could have been the best. Or how many people in high school? Oh, he could have been an all American wrestler. He could have been the best football player. If he would have, oh if he just would have gotten oh if he if he didn't get his his grades weren't good enough or his girlfriend messed up. That, everybody had knows those people. So you know you think that you're the exception to the rule you're not. There's almost no exceptions to the rules other than John Jones somehow. Somehow. And even him, you could argue that, like, if he hadn't had those. I mean, who knows what if he was really on steroids. There's going to be an asterisk to his name. Now, it hasn't caught up to him in the octagon, yet he still beat Daniel Cormier twice and knocked him out the last time. And, you know, but for the most part, I think that McGregor, it's just not, you, you can't do it, man. You, you have natural abilities. You have natural talent. You're awesome. You're one of the best. If you were the best. But Khabib fucked you up. I mean, yeah, you won a round, maybe, but he made you tap. He knocked you down. He dominated you. He beat—he beat you pretty bad. And you know, you can make all the excuses you want, but you should be in the gym training. It's the only way you're gonna come better. And, and everyone likes a comeback story. So let's call Don Fry right now. See what we're talking to—one of the best, Don Fry. Hey, how's it going, brother?
2: Good, how are you?
1: Good. So I'm talking to the UFC Hall of Famer, the ultimate, ultimate winner, guy who's got a black belt in judo, one of the best ever, Don Fry. How are you, man?
0: I'm good, buddy. I'm good. I got a fifth degree.
1: I'm a Yodon. Now, what does that mean, a a Yodon? Yodon. That's just the name of the level,
0: you know? What's that what uh, Don, Yodon, you know?
1: What's the highest that oh. it go, it uh, goes up to?
0: Hell partner, I don't know. You're asking yeah, I'm lucky just to be Yodon.
1: No, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean yeah
0: of, I'm, a, of, I'm in life, you know, so shit.
1: <laughs> yeah, nah, man, you're 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 doing pretty well. How's everything going? What's what's new in the life of Don Fry?
0: Oh, life life's an adventure, partner. Life's an adventure. Um, you know, does he ever have one of those days where just nothing goes right? Everything is a is a mess.
1: Yeah, you know? yeah, of course. No
0: matter what way you turn, no matter what way you turn and what you do.
1: Yeah, of course. I've had those. everyone's had those days.
0: Yeah, well, this is my second decade of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course.
1: <laughs> oh. You should try doing stand up comedy, a, man. I got Adam Hunter, I got Adam
0: Hunter calling me. So what the? Yeah. Uh, yeah things, I, are look, things are looking great.
1: I, I was looking at some of your old fights, man. Like when you you had the record for the quickest knockout. You knocked out Thomas Ramirez in eight seconds. He was four hundred and ten pounds. Now, when when you're across the cage of a guy that's four hundred and ten pounds, what are you thinking? Well,
0: like I got told Big John McCarthy when came over and you got any questions? I said, yeah, if I fall down, I'll let that guy eat me.
1: <laughs> you told him that during the fight?
0: Right before the fight, yeah. He comes over to the corner and says, you know, got any questions? <laughs> checks your fingernails, you know, checks you for grease or whatever. You know, which is kind of silly back then because there's no rules.
1: Yeah. You know, and
0: like when um I was fighting Gary Goodrich, you know, in the finals in number eight. You know, I grabbed the top, and he picks me up, and I grabbed the top of the cage. Big John says, "Let go of that fence." No, there's no rules. What do I have to?
1: <laughs> now, did did Big John laugh when you said, "Don't let him eat me"?
0: Oh, I don't know. He just, he just turned. He just turned and walked away.
1: <laughs> now, now, what were you thinking when you when you when you uh, were up against Akabono? What's that? When you fought Aki Bono, the sumo wrestler. Uh, yeah. what's going through your mind?
0: Well, yeah, you know, I finally got that, that kick at the end there, you know, where I kicked his leg out from underneath of him, and then I moved to the side. You know, that was the strategy. You know, um, kick him and take a step to the side and get around behind him. But shit, just wasn't one step. The guy was four feet wide, you know, so yeah, you know, kick his leg out from underneath of him, and then there's
1: a little a little jog around him. Oh, jeez. Yeah, that's now. Uh, when you I, now you
0: covering some distance.
1: Of course, of course. <laughs> now, now you went to ASU. Now, I would argue that ASU has the most amount of and the best amount of fighters that went to a college. You think right? That, right? You think most MMA fighters went to ASU? But like like the best ones, you Cain Velasquez, Ryan Bader, C.B. Dalloway. I mean, I mean, that's a that's a pretty good. Oh. You know, Kane. that's a pretty good, uh...
0: Yeah, you know what? C.B. Dalloway and Cain from Alaska, you don't even need to mention those ass wipes. You know, you don't even need to mention me. You know, Ryan Bader's got two belts right now. He's a world champion in two divisions. You know? Gee, that's. I mean, that's all you gotta say right there.
1: How can, what, you and Kane don't get along? Or you and C.B. don't get along?
0: No, I've met Kane once. He's a very nice guy. Right? I'm just saying, you know, nobody else needs to be mentioned right now because Ryan Vader is one of the baddest dudes walking the planet. He's virtually the baddest dude walking the planet.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Um, when you knock out, you know, geez, knock out Fedor, you know, one punch, god dang. And... uh I mean, he fought Matt Mechioni, that idiot. I mean, he basically raped the guy. You know, I mean, the only thing that prevented uh, insertion, you know, was uh, he had a groin cup on. You know, otherwise he could have had his way with the guy all all night long. And, uh, (laughs) geez, (laughs) Uh, Bader's Bader's a walking machine right now.
1: Yeah, no, he is. (laughs) He seems to really, I mean... You know, most guys they they hit their prime younger. He seems to be in his prime right now. It's something, you know. Uh, do you think? Do you, what do you think about? It? Is it, is it? Do you think there's less testing in Bellator than there is in UFC? What's that? You think steroids are more uh, prevalent in Bellator than in the UFC?
0: I don't know, and I don't care. You know, I mean, shit, they should be legal. I mean. And then uh, it's just like pro bodybuilding, you know, you get your your bodybuilders and then you have your, your natural contest, you know, everybody knows what's going on. You know, just quit treating people like they're idiots. And uh, they want their pro athletes to be supermen. They want their pro athletes to be able to do things they can't, you know. And, uh, I mean, if if you're going to call it performance enhancing and make it illegal, Okay, then throw away all the computers and go back to pen and paper.
1: Yeah, well, I don't know. I mean, I, I have no idea. I mean, Bader, as far as I know, Bader has passed every every test, and uh, you, you know, you, uh, you, you you can't assume that he's he's on anything because he's winning. So I have absolutely no idea. I'm, uh, You're absolutely
0: right. I wasn't doing that. I hope I wasn't doing that. Just, yeah, no, no. I'm saying
1: me. Up. I'm no. I'm I'm saying me. Now, now, when now when you fought Tank Abbott, how much shit did he talk to you before the fight?
0: Not much, not much. Tank, Tank was, uh, you know, he was on his game. He he was in his, his little zone, you know. He wanted to win that fight. Um, the UFC had, had sunk a lot of money in in Tank, you know. They had trained him. That they paid for, you know, Jesse, whoever to train him. You know, I mean, he was supposed to be their man. And you know, I I went in there and. I shit on the birthday cake, you know. I ruined ruin the party.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, Tank was actually a, a lot better than I think some people gave him credit for. Because as much as people, yeah, you know. and
0: he was, he, he was a liar. He didn't just sit on the freaking bar stool and get up off the bar stool. Okay, he trained. Come on, people. I he bench pressed six hundred freaking pounds, right? Wow. You, just, you don't do that sitting on your ass drinking beer, you know. And, and then, like, and they even said he had Jesse. I don't know what his name, you know, training, you know, pro boxing trainer. But come on, people. It's 20 years ago. Figure it out by now. Uh,
1: Now, a prime, a guy you fought twice, Mark Coleman, uh, one of the best heavyweights ever. A prime Coleman versus a prime Brock Lesnar. Who wins that fight?
0: Mm, That's a good question. That's a good question because um, Coleman has freak strength. You know, he's a hell of an athlete, and the same thing with Lesnar. But I would have to go with Coleman, because uh, Coleman um, made the Olympic wrestling team. You know, he, he didn't do anything, but he made the team, which makes him, makes him a different level of wrestler, you know, than just being a, a national champion. You know, and saying just a national champion, you know, it's kind of tongue-in-cheek. But um, it, he's, a, he's a different level than Lesnar. I mean... You heard the thing that um, Lesnar backstage at a WWE event, you know, fifteen years ago. Lesnar and um, uh, who's the uh, Kurt, Kurt, Kurt Angle? Yeah, Kurt Angle. They yeah, know, yeah. They, yeah. They got an old wrestling match, and Angle whooped You know, crime it. It's just, I mean, it, 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 the big stupid things. It means nothing because this is fighting. It's not wrestling, but. If you're gonna talk wrestling, Engel's a much superior wrestler. Come on, he's an Olympic gold medalist.
1: You think anybody's gonna beat John Jones?
0: Of course. I think first John Jones has beaten himself, unfortunately, you know. Um uh, you know, he's on he's on a self destructive course. And uh, you know, I I understand completely what that is, you know, shit but um yeah somebody's going to come along and yeah you know, they're going they're going to walk away you know, they're gonna, they're going to destroy him i mean no and if he doesn't destroy himself first
1: i mean uh i mean i don't know. it seems like it's going to be it's a race right now who could screw up their career the fastest and connor mcgregor is beating john jones in that race i you know it just there's a guy who has all the talent in the world and just is like what is he doing Conor? yeah
0: Oh, Connor's great. Connor's—he's like, like a pro wrestler, you know. He's got he's the gift of gab. I mean, he's a marketing genius, you know. He's—he's um, he's probably a, a B-level fighter, you know. Um, you, you know, where John Jones is an A-level, but Connor—Connor's an A-plus level of talker. You know, there's nobody who can talk better than him. And he, he puts asses in seats. Uh, That's the name of the game.
1: A B level fighter though. He knocked out Aldo, he beat he knocked out Eddie Alvarez, he knocked out Dustin Poirier. I mean, these are all great fighters that he's that he just destroyed. B level fighters can't do that.
0: Uh, uh, yes and no, I mean you're talking a puncher's chance, that old theory, you know. You know the puncher, but his, his main, uh, uh, you know his main thought process is not in the fight game anymore. You know it's making money. You know, and which he's a genius at, and that's that's basically what everybody's you know main goal should be is to make money. But it's really hard to to do the two, yeah, you know. I mean, come on, he's, he's got an Irish whiskey distillery now. Um, you know, he's he's marketing. He's marketing. He's, he's not concentrating on the fighting as much as the marketing. And you know that, that that's that's going to get any farther in life. Yeah, I mean, we've all seen what's happened, you know, to fighters who just concentrate on fighting. You know, one day, you know, you, you come home and, and uh, your wife has been fucking, you know, somebody else or four or five somebody else's. And she's moved all your money into a different bank account. And you're naked and shitting on the street.
1: Is that what happened to you?
0: Yeah. And happened to Mark Coleman and it happened to, happened to a bunch of other fighters. Uh.
1: <sighs> yeah, but you, you. I mean, you. I know that you had a tough time for a while. You know, you were you were drinking. You, you sounded really bad. But it seems like you're on the up and ups. It seems like you're pulling yourself through, and you're in a much better place, right?
0: I was, yeah. I was drinking and on pain pills because you know I had a bad back. I had busted my back, and I kept fighting on it, and made it worse. And then they fused ten. They fused three vertebrae, and then a year later. Um, they tore it out and they fused 10 and I was good for a year. And then it started hurting like hell. And, um, you know, we went to see a couple of doctors and nobody took an x-ray. And then, I, uh, you know, the ex, the wife started saying, Oh, you're just not the man you used to be. You don't have the pain tolerance you used to have.
2: Uh. Uh, you're not
0: tough anymore. Um, you're just a drug addict making it all up one more pills. And, uh, the kicker was, she said, I don't think you can provide for the family, you know. And um, when we got an x-rays and I'd broken both the rods, the titanium rods. And I'd walk around, you know, no pain sweetheart, sweetheart and walk around them for a year and a half. And uh, you do that. And then took another five or six months till, you know, when we took the x-ray to when they did the surgery, you know. They they uh, did the surgery, the 10-hour surgery, and three hours on top of that to clean up the scar tissue, you know, from the from the broken rods. And then uh, I was good for four days, checking out the hospital. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for having me. Bye-bye. Went out and had a stroke in the parking lot, you know, a brain hemorrhage stroke. And then uh, they wheeled me back in, put me in a coma for three weeks. Woke up out of the coma. And, you know, I'd, I'd be putting a uh, rehab facility for two months, you know. During that time, you know, the, the wife has shared the divorce and moved all the more money and, uh, you, you know, called friends of mine saying, what a piece of shit he is. going to come kill you. Uh, he's, in a, he's in a coma, you know. And uh, so it was all delusional, but she had set the groundwork, and uh, then I come out and I put my life together with nothing to do it with. Yeah, you know, it, it's been two and a half years, and you know I'm I'm getting her done. I'm getting her done right now. I'm talking uh, with somebody about doing my own podcast.
1: You should, so, you know, absolutely but, should, man. Yeah,
0: but, what am I going to talk about, though?
1: Are you kidding <laughs> me? Horses. Are you I'm to lose money. everything, bro? You listen. You are one of the last badasses in the world right now. The world needs more Don. The world needs you, Don Fry. You're the hero we need. Yeah, you're the, you're the hero we need, man. You're a fighter, an actor, a motivator, a coach, a father. Now, what you need to do though is you live. Yeah,
0: It'll hurt your feelings by. Talking. No, no. Who theater.
1: cares? They don't have to listen. But you're in Arizona, which is like home of the divorce cougars. Why aren't you going to one of these bars, having these girls stroke your mustache and just taking them home? Come on, what's going on?
0: Well, because I met a nice gal. I got a really nice gal right now. Five foot eight, blonde, beautiful woman treats me good. She loves my dog. Loves my, you know. I love my horse. You know. And I got, I got uh, chickens. I got a couple of roosters. I got a rooster named Trump who lives, um, sleeps inside the house. You know, <laughs> <laughs> and because uh, he beats up the other rooster, <laughs> so uh, you know. And she, you know, she puts up with all my, all my bullshit. That's great. You know. So, yeah. You. Well, why am I going go, why am I gonna fuck that up? And go look for somebody
1: else. I mean, shit. Oh, see, I, I didn't know. I thought you. Out. I thought you were still single. I thought you were still single. I didn't realize that the that you're, you know. I am single, but I
0: am single, but you know, shit, it's a committed relationship. You know, I don't, I don't cheat on a woman. You know, that wasn't, that was a You know. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Of course, man, of course you don't need to. are you now uh, and everything works good still you got the Viagra uh, the help and everything
0: Help, buddy. you know, like I said before when they need a TRT, you know they come to me for donations. you know so <laughs> I, I donate five, five gallons of TRT a day, you know <laughs>
1: do you, do you, do you are, are you on testosterone? Do you, do you take TRT?
0: No, I I, I donate it. I give it, man, shit.
1: <laughs> all right. Now are you are you still working out?
0: Yeah, yeah, not as hard as I want to, you know, because um I need a new shoulder. Uh you know, they did all that mess with me in twenty sixteen on the back and then you know, September twenty sixteen and then I uh, got out of the hospital in December, I think, and then a year later, I had to go get a new right shoulder. They did that, and now I need a new left shoulder. Oh, my God. And you know, then once I get that done, hell, baby, I'll be ready to climb back in the ring.
1: Now, I, I saw that uh, Dan Severn is wrestling uh, Frank Mir on Josh Barnett's card. Are you going to be on one of the future cards of his, Bloodsport?
0: No, no. When when is that?
1: I think it's like this weekend.
0: Well, that's great, man. That's great. That'd be a good match. I'd like to see that. Yeah. Not Josh. Josh never invited me, so you know he don't eat me at this point. Maybe in the future.
1: Well, why don't you call him out on it? I'll probably get a kick out. Call oh, who out? Call Josh Barnett and say, "Listen, partner, I'm here. If uh, you know." If you guys need me, I'm here.
0: Well, yeah, but I'm like Rooster Godburn right now, a one one-armed fat man. You know, <laughs> so, <laughs>
1: I gotta get my other arm, otherwise,
0: yeah, you know, the last, last ten years of my fight career. You know, the broken back, you know, and and bad shoulders. Yeah, you know, I don't want to do that crap again. Hmm.
1: Right, I, saw, I saw that you visited Takayama in the hospital. That was a, that was a that was a sweet. That was a crazy moment, right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I went over there uh, to do a pro wrestling match. And uh, mudo son and I went over saw and saw takayama son, And, you know, it, 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 it's something that, you know, bites your soul in the ass, you know? It really does. And, uh, yeah, he was happy and friendly and you know, and uh, he's just a talking head, and um, he said, thank you for that fight, you know, he said, you made me famous, he said, I would go all over the world, you know, uh, for wrestling matches, and, and people at customs everywhere else would say, hey, you're the guy that's fighting on Fry, huh, <laughs> you know, and I said, I get the same thing, partner. I, said, I everywhere I go, they said, you're the guy that bought that big giant Japanese guy. Huh? <laughs> I said, "Yeah, his name's Takayama, You gotta learn it."
1: That's <laughs> still the greatest fight I've ever seen in my life. Best fight I've ever seen. So What's that? that's still my favorite fight of all time. That's the best fight I've ever seen. Thank you. Yeah, man. Thank
0: you. Well, you know, it's because Sakuyama's a real man. You know, he's a real man. You know, I mean, uh, he he stood there and he. He gave as good as he got. I'll tell you that, partner. I'll tell you that. I had a headache for two months.
1: <laughs> That's crazy. Well, listen, Don Fry. Where can people find you?
0: Oh shit! Well, what, well who, who's looking for me? Law uh, like
1: no, like want... if they, they want to, if they want to text you or email you, are you on social media? Are you on Twitter or Instagram?
0: Ah, uh, you know, I think of Don Fry Fighter on Twitter. And um, we don't have to get after that more. And um, I don't think I don't have an Instagram yet, but I want to redo. I think I just uh, I got a web, new website, but um, I I can't give it out yet because I'm paid for it. <laughs> <laughs> the, the UFC. Bought my old um unbought so. <laughs> while well, I was in the coma.
1: <laughs> oh my god. Really? The UFC bought the website from you?
0: Yeah, yeah, the the name, the domain name, yeah. <laughs> that's
1: that's ridiculous. They can't do that.
0: Well yeah, they can. It ran out and expired oh, wow. while I was while I was sleeping. <laughs>
1: oh. Did they give it back to you at least? Did they offer it to you?
0: Hell no. Hell no. Hell no. Uh, Hell, they, they fired my good buddy, Aunt Evans. You know, Aunt, a good friend of mine. And um, he had to take some time off. He got taking time off work because he gets having hernias and, you know, and medical problems. And they fired his ass. You know, it's so shit. Fuck. They, they don't play fair. They don't play fair. <laughs> yeah,
1: it doesn't sound like it. Well, listen, Don, it was great talking to you, man, and uh, I want to talk to you again soon. You're the best, brother.
0: Yeah, I mean, you're the funniest little prick I've ever met in my life. Uh, uh, I'll tell you I, what. <laughs> Next time you get on stage, you know, are you coming to Arizona?
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm actually. I'm going to, I'm going to Phoenix uh, in April, and then I'm going to Yuma in June, and then I'm going to Phoenix again in August. Well, you know. You know, keep that a secret or no what? no 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 next time I'm there, no. I'll I'll definitely text you. I'll definitely text you. Yeah. Well when and where in April? Uh well April's a private show. I'm doing a private show, but in August, uh and June I'll be Yuma in June. In August uh I'll be at the uh the House of Comedy in Phoenix.
0: A private show, like oh, you come jumping jump it off
1: a cake <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. I wish I'd probably get paid more for that. So, uh, <laughs> well, well, thank you, Don. I'll talk to you soon, brother. You're the best.
0: Are you doing children's parties now, huh? Of
1: course. Oh, of course, of course,
0: of course. You gotta, do you gotta find somebody shorter than you, right? Of
1: course, yeah. of course. A- absolutely. Well, uh, oh, All right. Take care, man. I'll
0: see you in
2: July or August. All
1: bye right, bye. take care. Bye. All right, that was the legend, Don Fry. Man, that guy is awesome. Uh, what a what a! I'm happy he's doing better because uh, who doesn't love Don Fry? I mean, the guy's just—he's like the uncle I never had. You know, he's just just a good, good guy and you know, just a tough guy and he's just a just a legend. He's he's like he's like every wrestling coach I've ever wanted to have and every coach and just a just a a real man's man. I mean, just a man's man. Happy he found a girl too. Uh, lucky lady, because that dude, um, that dude, you know, if he likes you, he'll he'll do anything for you. That's just, that's the way Don Fry is, you know. And I love the fact that I can have a podcast and talk to guys like Don Fry. That's probably my favorite part of this podcast. So we're calling to an- another awesome fighter, um, and Phil Davis. What's up, people? March Madness is upon us, it's another huge month. In sports across the NBA and NCAA. There's only one place to get in all the action. That's betonline.ag. Support our podcast by going to www.clnsmedia.com forward slash winning and use the promo code CLNS50 for a 50% sign up bonus. That's CLNS50, betonline.ag your online sportsbook experts. In the NBA, the biggest matchups this week are the Celtics versus the Hornets, as well as the Hawks versus the 76ers. And with plenty of excitement and drama happening on and off the court, you don't want to be left on the sidelines. Go where the action is at betonline.ag. Go there now. Yes, go where the action is. Because CLNS Media and BOL are offering you a 50% sign-on bonus. That's 50% by signing up at clnsmedia.com forward slash winning and using our code CLNS50 with your first deposit. Yes, go to clnsmedia.com forward slash winning. Use promo code CLNS50 for your 50% sign-on bonus today. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts all right guys i gotta talk to you about cbd md all right cbd md is usa grade a premium cbd okay it's organic it's grown in the u.s processed in the u.s non-gmo gluten-free and vegan they sent me a box of this stuff i've been taking these cbd gummies oh it's amazing i feel so relaxed less anxious they have cbd dog treats i give to my dog he's 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 been more relaxed than ever, and, and when he's excited, he's happy. He's jumping around like Air Bud, all right? And CBD helps support or achieve relief from a multitude of everyday ailments, including stress, anxiety, inflammation, and sleeplessness, okay? They only use 100% organic hemp grown, and they process at their farms and facility in the U.S. It's gluten-free, vegan certified, okay? And their CBD oil tincture drops are also non-GMO. They use a broad spectrum CBD extractions through independent third-party laboratories to guarantee the highest of standards. CBDMD is committed to providing the best in CBDs. They stand behind this, okay? They got an easy-to-use service. It's free shipping, satisfaction guarantee, and U.S.-based customer service, all right? In addition to the natural flavor option, they offer a variety of all-natural awarding winning flavors, mint, orange, and berry, each variety provides just a hint of flavor to leave your taste buds satisfied. And their comprehensive line of products includes not only but gummy bears, which would I take, capsules, an all-natural sleep aid, topicals, bath bombs. My wife loves the bath bombs, okay? And human-grade pet products and vape oils, all right? Now, listen, they're offering a free, unique offer to our listeners over at MMA Roasted, okay? Go to www.cbdmd.com. Enter the code ROAST at checkout to get 20% off your order. I use this stuff, okay? Definitely check it out. Some uh, exclusions apply. See the website for full details, all right? And these statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration, all right? The product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease, okay? Check it out. Hope you enjoy. Hello. Hello. is this Phil Davis? Yes. How are you, man?
3: I'm well, how are you?
1: Your middle name is Kwabina? Yep. Why does nobody know this?
3: I think everybody knows who's supposed to know.
1: <laughs> I had no idea. I've known you for years and never once did you tell me your middle name was Kwabina. That is great. a great. Somebody
3: made a trip to uh, the Wikipedia.
1: I know. Yeah, <laughs> I like it though. I like Quabina. You you don't think maybe you should be like like instead of you call yourself Quabina Davis and then they can call you Phil from uh, Pennsylvania, like Marty from Omaha. You can go Quabina. Mm-hmm. You don't think that's a good idea? No. So how are you, Phil? I, I don't
3: know where where Quabina be from Harrisburg. Does that
1: does that sound fitting? Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, Phil from Harrisburg. So how are you doing, man? What's going on? <laughs> I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm good. What's new in life, Phil Davis? Uh, well, I'm uh, I'm scheduled to
3: fight Liam McGarry in a rematch April twenty-seven. So I've just been uh, preparing for that and uh, getting set, getting lean and mean, and uh, it's all that's going on over here.
1: Why are you fighting him? You you've already killed that guy. Well, he he wants killed again. <laughs> Alright, alright. I like it. I like it. Were you surprised that Ryan... First of all, I think you're 2-0 against Ryan Bader. I I, I don't know. I think that you just looked too jacked. And they just gave it to Ryan Bader because he didn't look like he could beat you on... Like, if he just looked lined the two you up. I thought you are 2-0 against Bader. Very close, though. Were you surprised that Bader won the championship? The heavyweight championship? Uh, you, you, not
3: so much surprised that he won. I was surprised he won so easily.
4: You know?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He
3: just, he just took it to everybody. He just took it. To, I mean, he had three, three fights under a minute. I'm like, come on, what, what is going on?
1: Do what you, is going on? Do you kind of wish that you would enter maybe that? he
3: had two under a minute, but
1: still. Yeah, yeah. The Mitrione, just kind of grinded him out. I mean, he won every minute of that fight, but the other, uh, the, the oh, Fedor won. Yeah. Now, do you kind of wish that you uh, entered that tournament?
3: Do I, do I wish I had been in that tournament?
1: Yeah. Um.
3: Uh, not really. I'm. I, I'm still not. There's there's a lot of heavyweights that I that I can beat, but I wouldn't consider myself a heavyweight fighter. You know.
1: Right. Right. Yeah, but I wouldn't consider Chael or Bader a heavyweight fighter either. And they, you know, it was it seemed like right. So. I,
3: I just don't like the idea of of dodging people. When people ask, "Hey, I I, I fight everybody," and uh, there's definitely some some bad matchups for me out there at heavyweight.
1: Hmm. I don't know. I think you would have won it to be honest, especially if you would have walked around at like two thirty, 230, two thirty five, two forty. I mean, you you look like ripped oh. at two oh five. It's not like you can't. You know, don't, you don't, you 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 don't look drawn out. You know, it looks like I—I I mean, I think you could actually walk. Or, I think adding twenty pounds wouldn't wouldn't kill you. Uh, so. Uh, no,
3: no, definitely not. Definitely not. All I'm saying, I'm not even talking about the guys in the tournament per se, but there's some other guys, uh, even within the freaking scary guys. Did you see uh, Karatanov's last play? Obviously, he got kicked in the balls. And,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That but
3: was... uh,
4: he's a—he's a scary dude. He's a scary dude.
1: Yeah, well, you're a scary dude too, yeah, uh,
4: gr- So, oh, thank you, appreciate it.
1: <laughs> no problem. Uh, your last fight against Vadim Nemkov in Israel—Are you blaming the Jews for that loss? A lot of people—they—they they blame the Jews for everything. Are you blaming the Jews because it was in Israel and you lost, or no? Uh,
3: no, I mean, I. All
1: right, for, forget for it. The st- loss,
3: I don't. I never want to blame anything other than. Other than myself, I feel like that's always a good place to start. Go ahead, but uh go you know go, 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 go. again that was a super, super close fight and uh you know, I, I probably should have got going a little bit sooner in the first period and you have a different fight on your hands. And you know, I made some technical mistakes. I should have been able to finish the fight in the third period and uh and that's that for me that's unforgivable. Like if the judges say I lost at that point, I deserve to lose because I had my favorite move and I didn't finish the fight.
1: What was your favorite move? Uh, Kimura. Right, 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 right. Now you think you think maybe because you were too slippery, he was too slippery. It was too much, too much sweat, that kind of thing.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's. Uh, I was definitely slippery. Um, but you know it, it comes down to me things uh technique wise that would allow me to finish that,
1: yeah, I mean, I think that um, yeah, that was a weird fight because first of all, I don't know why you weren't the main event or the or even the co main event, it was like you were buried in some card in Israel, and there was they were giving you no press for it, and I was like i I didn't like that at all, I mean, you're a star. You know, you, you were ranked to top three in the UFC. You went to Bellator. You were the champion. Why, are you, why is Ryan Kator fighting after you? No disrespect to Ryan Kator. I love Ryan Kator. But it was just, that was strange to me. Um,
3: well, you, i tell you what. Uh, the guy he fought, Haim Gonzalez, he, he's the man over in Israel. <laughs> I'm telling you. That, that guy, he, uh, he not only has uh, a ton of fans, but uh, he, they, they show up at a big play for him over in Israel.
1: Yeah, but he lost, and it, it, still, you're the champ. I, the, he even being the man in Israel, they'll still show up if he's on the second fight or the third fight. You know, it's not like they're gonna <laughs> not show up if he's not the main event. So that that's that, the fact that they, that you weren't really promoted. I was like, Phil Davis is fighting. And people were like, really, huh? Phil, well, what? No one even knew you were fighting. That, but that's here nor there. I mean, that's not here nor there. But for this argument. I do feel that it was weird that you were kind of falling in love with your boxing, and not your wrestling, because wrestling is kind of like what got you there. You know, you being an NCAA champion, and it did seem like you were you were kind of going for like the going going for going for the head a lot. Going for is that something that you kind of wish that you kind of focused less on was uh, head hunting and more on wrestling?
3: Oh, definitely. You know, always in, in hindsight um you know it's 2020 but uh you know i, I definitely want to um, uh just make that a uh, a place where i i get more experience i have been uh I ne- at this point i don't feel like i don't feel you know uh intimidated by anybody's hands i, I know i can uh, i know i can slip i know i can see punches coming um can take certain punches and And uh, and deliver back. And uh, if anything, I needed to get in there and work the wrestling in a little bit sooner.
1: Yeah, were you intimidated at all by his sambo? Uh,
3: No, I mean he's a champion at sambo, but uh, I mean it's always like you know sambo. uh, I'll compare that to judo. Judo is extremely useful uh, for the for the very highest guys. The very the very best judo guys can implement that in MMA in a couple of key areas. But without the gi, um, it, it's not it's not quite the same. It's just not quite the same. Um, but yeah, I mean he he has some he had some some good stuff that he can use in sambo. But as long as you stay out of those positions, you should be pretty good.
1: Yeah, no. I mean, it was it was a good fight, and I you definitely won the third round. I think if it was a five round round fight. You definitely would have won the whole thing. I think that you're right. You kind of got a late start, and you know John McCarthy or the, the announcers were saying they they were at first they were praising you, and then they were like, well, "Why isn't he using his wrestling?" Were you surprised when he got the takedown on you? Say again. Were you surprised when he took you down?
3: Um. Uh. I mean, I'm always surprised. (laughs) I'm always surprised when people go for takedowns. But, uh, you know, I I leave my hips uh, kind of available for people to take me down because I'm so good on the ground. I don't have fear of being on the bottom. I know I can get back up to my feet in a very short amount of time. And I'm usually able to uh, sweep people or uh, if they take me down, I end up on top sort of thing. So uh, I'm not so much, uh, uh, not so much uh, shot that he took me down. Uh, it's always like it's never over. If you take me down, we're going to end up in a scramble, and can you end, end up on? So I mean, even 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 getting a take down, it didn't it didn't last very long, and didn't amount to any good punches or anything.
1: Yeah, but you you did have a look on your face, like did that really just fucking happen?
3: <laughs> well, I don't even I don't even know what my face looked like. I i have to I'm gonna have to go back and watch that to see what my face looked like. You're,
1: I'm telling you, your face looked like you've gotta be kidding like how the fuck do, like why am I in Israel getting taken down by this guy? Uh that's what you like you definitely had that look on your face, like you gotta be kidding me. Um but uh I mean, look, look, you've never been stopped. You've never been submitted. Every fight you've lost, you've only been hurt, I think, maybe once or twice. That was the Anthony Johnson fight. Um, And, and you were not even really that rocked. You're right there. You know, you're always right there. I, I, I'm convinced you're one of the best in the world. I know you probably could be the best in the world. Uh, and you have to tell yourself that, right? I mean, you wake up in the morning and you're like, I'm the best in the world.
3: Absolutely, because absolutely, I wake up and tell myself, and, and, and for those and for those reasons, I mean, I don't, I don't make uh, when even even the mistakes I make aren't aren't you know game losing mistakes. They're uh, position losing mistakes.
1: Yeah, and I I think you're the most underrated. Like people, position. like the people that know fighting when they talk about you, they know that you're right there. But I feel like you're not in the, in, the, in the discussion because you don't talk that much shit. You don't you – know, you you're not one of these guys on Twitter who's making fun of everybody. You're not like, – you're like a nice human being who's an amazing fighter. You let your fighting speak for itself. But in some ways, that kind of hinders you a little bit because people aren't are, – because you're not making headlines all the time.
3: All right, maybe I just need to to uh maybe that's what I need to do. Just get
1: on Twitter and uh start talking more trash. Well, it would definitely help your it would people would definitely be talking about you more. I might but I'm not sure it would help you cuz you could be training during that time or spending time with your wife and kids sure. or making money or who knows. So um by the way, how's your how's your wife doing?
3: She's doing great. She's doing great.
1: Yeah. By the way, if you don't know, Phil is married to a beautiful lady who Talk about keeping her hips low. She's got amazing hips. Uh, she's just an awesome. She was a trainer, and Phil came in and was like, "Hey, will you want? Do you want to do you want to spot me?" Uh, next thing you know, you guys were married. Correct? <laughs>
3: uh, that's that's the uh, condensed version, but yeah, pretty much.
1: <laughs> All right, let's talk about some of the fights that happened. Now, no, I didn't realize I was looking at your Wikipedia days. You you actually trained with John Jones before?
3: Uh oh. you there?
1: Yeah, yeah. Can you hear me?
3: Oh, I thought I lost you for a sec. Uh
1: you...
3: yeah, you said I actually trained with who now?
1: With John Jones?
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Way back in the day.
1: Who won? Uh
3: well it was just training, but yeah. The, we were uh I was probably a month out of a month or two out of college and he was uh I don't I don't even think he was in the UFC yet. So, yeah, we were, we were just, we weren't even, like, uh, we were just doing, like, drills and, uh, you know, grappling and all sorts of stuff. And nothing really like full MMA sparring.
1: Now, a- afterwards, did he come up to you and he was like, hey, I got some stuff that'll make you stronger?
3: <laughs> nah, you know not <don't. laughs> Nah, he <laughs>
1: No, was he like, "Hey, I got three hookers he, he, in a car with some blow." Come on, man, be a, yeah. Come on, let's 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 do this.
3: Yeah he, yeah, he yeah he might have said something like that. I can't remember, you know. <laughs> yeah.
1: All right, okay. Um, now today, T.J. Dillashaw got popped for we don't know. Are you surprised by this?
3: Whoa, I didn't know that T.J. Dillashaw got popped.
1: He got popped, uh, Usada. He got his belt taken away. He's suspended for a year. He doesn't know what went wrong, or what he took, or whatever. But it doesn't. It doesn't look good.
3: Well, uh, huh. Is he gonna do? Is he gonna litigate it?
1: I don't know. I mean, it just. I mean, it was crazy that he got popped when he f- cut down to one thirty-five. You know, versus like the other fights where he looked like. Because when I always think steroids. Because I'm I'm forty. So my my thing is, like steroids make you bigger and stronger, they don't make you lose weight, and you know and and make right. you look like so I don't know what that is. it's a strange right? Right, right, right. When did he? When did he? When did he pop? Today, or I mean, it, it was it was announced today.
3: Huh, that's interesting. Well, I, you know, I always say I, I like I want to give guys the, the benefit of the doubt, give them a chance to you know, you know get uh, yeah. You know, stay, see what see what see what it is. Maybe maybe it was a real accident, and maybe he was taking something else. Uh, that, you know has some uh something in it that he wasn't aware of or what have you. But uh, yeah, that that is very
1: interesting. Yeah, and then Cody Garbrandt like tweeted out a picture of a, a frog and coffee. I don't even know what that even means, but um.
3: <laughs> Sounds like sounds like uh, some sort of inside joke, not so much of a joke, but uh, more like an inside uh, insult between the two of them. Yeah, I guess they, I uh, were I like, teammates for a long time.
1: Yeah, I don't know what that even means, but uh, the a frog and coffee. <laughs> <laughs> a frog and coffee? Yeah, I don't know what that means. Like I, it was a coffee first, then frog, and people were like uh, toad soup, or, uh, people were like trying to guess what it what it means, but. I don't. I don't know what it means.
3: I don't know. I don't know. I'm gonna have to. i call Cody on that.
1: One. <laughs> now, now, one of your. Oh, now, one of your Penn State uh, alumni lost his first fight. Ed Ruth. Were you? Everyone when Ed Ruth came, everyone's like Ed Ruth. Ed Ruth. I mean, they were like, this guy's a god. His last fight. I mean, he would have won if it was three rounds, but he looked gassed as hell. Uh, were you surprised yeah, yeah. against uh, what happened well, when tell, against Gracie?
3: Well, I tell you what, man. He, You're absolutely right. It was three rounds he would have won. But at the same time, he was fighting out of submissions one after another. Now, granted, you know, uh, he was getting out of submissions in a remarkable fashion. Like, he's he, – he, I mean – he he was getting out of stuff that you are supposed to be dead to rights to. And I'm, I'm doing, and, and he would end up, he would end up in a triangle super deep. And then, uh, Gracie would switch to the arm bar and he would manage to get out of both of them. And then he would be immediately back in another situation. And I'm like, I don't even know how you're getting in or out of this. Like what, what is going on? Just get back to something normal.
1: <laughs> right.
3: But, uh, he he he's got a, a tremendous talent and he um, he as soon as he learns how to slow the pace and and, and just focus in on a couple of positions that he owns because that's how wrestlers work we we have a couple situations a couple of positions that we do better than anybody else and, and that's how you end up winning if you end up in a, a a good guy's position like he gets the takedown if you end up in his you know, whatever it is that he does, you know, it's a guaranteed thing. So he just has to be able to control the action and, and force, force people like Meme and Grace, especially guys like him, into those positions where he can dominate.
1: Now, I tore my ACL because of you, by the way, because I read an article, uh, an interview with you, and you said, I go to jujitsu and I give myself goals. One of my goals is I'm not tapping today. So then I gave myself that goal and my ACL went immediately. So um, thanks, buddy. I appreciate that. Well, you, no, you, you're welcome. You're welcome. Do, I mean, do you, really, I mean, do you really do that? Do you really tell yourself I'm, I'm not tapping today? Yeah, of course. But what if somebody has something way ah. deep where you're going to break your arm or leg or your ankle?
3: Well, well, here's the thing. If you've already decided that you're not going to tap, you got to figure a way out. And usually, the way out is, is is it's so simple. But when you know when you're short on blood because you're getting choked, or oh. air, or you're short on space because someone's tying you down an arm bar armbar, whatever Kimura, you you just gotta you just gotta throw it like a puzzle. It's usually usually it's it's grips. If someone has you an arm bar, you've got to get their hands off of your free hand. You you yeah. got to get them off your hands. If somebody has you in a footlock, you got to get to the hand that's controlling your foot. You know, you you just got to think of it that way. And I mean, there's obviously mm-hmm. tap the day. Right. One of my teammates got me chance chance for encounter. He's a, uh, he's a welterweight. He's coming up in the UFC. He got me today. Uh, we are rolling around and he got me in an arm bar. Now, granted, we weren't going all out, but I allowed myself to get in a position and then try to like wiggle my way out and he, he just got his hips in too deep. But uh So you tapped? It's not that it,
1: I tapped. Ah oh, man. Alright, I take back you being one of the best in the world. Okay. Um <laughs> right of course you have to tap right it's, it's not it's not it's it's, it's 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 not worth it
3: it's not worth it yeah. but but it's i went through uh i went through my checklist of everything that i need to do to get out of that position and i i didn't have enough space to get out
1: right 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 right, um, right. again you know
3: i don't i don't fault myself for and even now i'm like oh, you know my elbows feels a little funky it didn't get it didn't go too hard but it it definitely it definitely aches now.
1: Well, yeah, but you you have to tap now. Another another one of your uh, fellow wrestlers who I think has the w- one of the lowest fight IQs in the history of fighting, but one of the most talented fighters is Aaron Pico. Aaron Pico is an amazing wrestler, obviously a good boxer, but somehow Freddie Roach has convinced him that he could beat Miguel Cotto if if they if they fought or something, and he goes out there and wants to get into a a crazy fist fight, and granted, it's entertaining, but that that can't be a good strategy. Uh, you know,
3: fighting is fighting is is a crazy sport because it's, uh, you know, what you bring into the cage, your mindset determines the outcome so much. He had he had that fight going his way, he had it going his way, and at some point. You have to, you have to know when to to ease up on the gas and when to go full, you know, med- pedal to the metal. And he had that fight going his way, and at that point he just needed to not do anything stupid. And he did, just came in too aggressive. And at that point the other guy was already getting rocked. He's he swinged for the fences because he's he's you know he's on his he's on his way down, and uh, man. Man, he, he's. It, but again, that these are the things that happen when you're a young fighter. Right. He's. That's a mistake that won't happen again.
1: But you never um, had that. But I mean, it ne- never happened to you. You were a young fighter at one point.
3: Right. But see, the difference is when I was a young fighter, I I knew, I knew where my my striking ability was. Now, his striking is much better than my striking was when I was where he... It, it, how many fights did he Like, five fights in? Six fights in?
1: Yeah. Right, something really low.
3: Yeah. My, my, my goal when I was fighting six fights in, it was, you know, it was throw punches only to make the guy think that I'm going to stand with him. And as soon as he was confident that we were, we were striking and he was going to throw a right hand, I dipped under that bad boy and took him down. Right. The goal was to get the guy to think that we're boxing and then take him down. And, and Aaron Pico can do that. But I think he, he prefers to knock guys out right now. And he's had some success doing it. But but against a, a, a veteran guy, you, you got to give him the whole package. He's he, He's got to know that he, he can't win on the ground. He's got to know that he can't win in wrestling. He's also got to know you're better in striking, and, and as soon as as soon as you're winning the striking game, and then you get a takedown, then w- way more opportunities are going to happen for you.
1: Uh, now a fight coming up: Chael Sonnen versus Lyoto Machida. Who do who do you like in this fight?
3: Ooh, I don't like Chael Sonnen in this fight. And and, and I'll tell you why. I, I normally will give Chael the nod against guys that are strictly mostly strikers. Because, uh, he, man, he's just a grinder. He's just a, a wet blanket, and you, you just can't get away from him. But uh, Machita is just, he's like this uh, enigma. He's just so elusive. He's just so elusive. He's not going to be very easy to take down. He's just not. His, his style is just not easy to take down. And the best part about Machida's game is he's best off his back foot. So he'll take five steps back, and then he'll plant, and then he'll just drop a a, a strong, loud hand, and uh, and he'll drop you with it. So I mean, he, Oh man, if you chase this guy, he'll he'll knock you out. You just got to be very patient with Machida, or you can just go in, uh, you know, full blast like uh, like Shogun did, and, and just wing him, but. Uh, you know, you 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 rolling the dice at that point.
1: Uh, who did you bring in when you fought uh, Machida to uh, get ready for him?
3: Who did I spar with to get ready for him?
1: Yeah.
3: Um, I had a real good karate black belt come in. Uh, I can't remember his name at the time, but a uh, guy from Lloyd Irvin's. Man, this guy was like, I, I'm telling you, if there, if there could be a black equivalent. To Machida, it, it was him. He was like, he had exactly Machida style, and he wasn't even trying to. Like he had the same style, and uh, very like um, very technical karate, and but also, you know, again just that movement movement. As soon as you as soon as you advance on them and they don't like the position, they he backs out. He backs out. And he'll plant and and drop a left hand on you. So, I uh, I got him to come in, but I also have man, I have great teammates that are good role players, like um, Joey Beltran. He he's like my my go to teammate anytime I have a, a tough fight coming up. He he's one of those guys that helps you get your head right. He <laughs> he. When you when you spar with Joey for for six weeks, you're, you're tough enough to take on anybody. Like you, t- you tough enough to take on a Sherman tank. Like he he's just one of those guys that just beats you up so much that you either decide you're going to win this fight or you're just not going to make it. So
1: <laughs> did you um did you, have, have you have you been following his bare knuckle boxing career? Oh yeah. Is that something that you might uh, uh, one day go into? uh nah you know to tell you the truth,
3: my hands are so fragile, oh
2: my yeah, God, yeah, yeah, I don't yeah,
3: know yeah. how those guys do it. I yeah. don't know how to do it uh he and Beck have been man, man they've been cleaning up in uh in bare knuckle
1: i know and uh yeah. man
3: the, it, I tell you what though bare knuckle is it's, it's it's joey's world it's it's his it's exactly his game like it's it, it <laughs> it has the best rules for his style of fighting.
1: You know when I first came out I was like what is this this is a gimmick. I'm telling you I am really enjoying watching bare knuckle boxing. A lot I think it's uh I think there's a there's a huge place for it.
3: Oh definitely. I definitely think there's a place for it. Uh it it's it's I I like that it's kind of an in between of of boxing And MMA, like you can uh, you can clinch with one arm and you can kind of fight out of the clinch, but not too much. You know, it's a good in between. It's a good in between.
1: Now, have you heard that uh, of a Dada 5000 has a new fight league um, where they're fighting in a trigon, which is a triangle. They invented a word, basically, but it's, it's now a triangle. It's a cage shaped as a triangle. And it's bare knuckle boxing. Did you say?
3: Did you say a trigon? Yeah,
1: I swear. I I, I will send you the, the the commercial for it. It's called. It's a, they're fighting in a trigon, and it's in Chiang. It's in uh, Cheyenne, Wyoming. Coming up, and bare knuckle boxing in a in a trigon. <laughs> Not a triangle. Nope. I I mean, it a looks triangle. like a triangle, but they're calling it a a, a, a trigon. So yeah. No,
3: well, I need you. I need you to make. I need you to make the uh, uh, the official call on it. Is it a triangle or is it a triangle? It's
1: a triangle because I've never. I don't know if trigon is an official word, but <laughs> uh, but <laughs> I, you know, I mean, Angela Lee says let trigons be trigons. So I'm going to. <laughs> and and one of your t- and Christine Stanley is fighting in the organization. Christine Stanley is fighting in it. Oh is she? Yeah, she's one of your girls, right?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. She's fighting in the in the uh trigon. So mm. Kim Data oh, five thousand. Nice. Data five thousand. I didn't even know the guy was still alive. I thought he was still in the coma. But I guess he's out of the coma and now he's uh he he's he's promoting fights. So uh yeah. Mm-hmm. So, for,
3: I, I honestly got for a second I thought you were going to tell me he's fighting again. I was like <laughs> I was I was I was starting to cringe for a little bit. I was like, oh no, they, no, was, if he was, it I have was to be
1: it, it have to be ten second rounds. You were at that fight?
3: Yeah, man, I was at that fight.
1: Were you going crazy? You
3: know, <laughs> you know what? It it, it was weird. It, it was like it was a it, it was like that that trick at the very it was it was three rounds. And, of course, everybody didn't think it was going to go longer than a round.
4: Yeah. And
3: in the third round, it was just, I mean, I was, I tell you what, Dada was taking most of the, the, the punishment, and he turned it around, and he had, like, a, a three-minute window in, in each round where he just comes back and, and just starts putting it on
1: Kimbo. Kimbo. He almost And Kimbo won.
3: Would close out the round. Yeah. And I was like, this I, this, I can't look away, but I can't look away, but this, it's, it was oddly, it was so entertaining. Oh, uh, gosh. Yeah. It, it was, that was wild.
1: So, how, how many kids you got now, by the way, Phil? Two. Two. How old are You're they? You're saying like I got seven. How <laughs> old are they? <laughs>
3: they are uh, two and
1: six. Nice. I got, I got a seven month old. When did your baby say her first word? Because my wife says that my, my baby's behind. But she's only seven months old. Nah. No. No,
3: seven months? Nah, they should, they, nah, they, nothing, you won't get to anything that sounds like a word for another couple of months, at least, at least 11, 11 months,
1: now, 11 months. Is- no. I have to be a stay-at-home dad during the day, usually, when I'm not on the road, and so I'm, I'm up 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., my wife works. Um, my baby, when, when I leave the room, like, to do anything or leave sight, my baby goes crazy and starts yelling at me and crying. So I have to pretend it's a giant game of peekaboo. Uh, how how do you did your baby do that too?
3: Uh, not not so much, not so much. But uh, tell me more. Tell me more.
1: I, I can't. I'm telling. I'm t- it's like I, I love her. She's the greatest thing ever. I take her to wrestling practice and this and that. But she just she doesn't want me to leave her sight. Like I have to be in her sight at all times. So if I do a chore, like if I if I put her in the little chair. And I let's say I, I do the dishes. I have to pretend this is part of a game of peekaboo or hide and go seek. That I'm going to come back in three seconds. So otherwise, it's ah, it's screaming and yelling and like bloody murder. Uh, I'm I'm being.
3: I see. I see that the exact opposite. I'm like, man, this that's exactly opposite of how everyone else in life treats you. They're like <laughs> crying until you crying until you leave. <laughs> <laughs> how, how much longer until you have to be somewhere? That's 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 the,
1: <laughs> that's that's the truth. Most people cry when I what, when I show what? up. So absolutely, right. yeah.
3: <laughs> this kid just loves you so much. Guys. That's
1: because she doesn't know anybody else. You know, like right. she thinks right. I'm the best. It's like you know, it's like I was the best in in uh, in New England at wrestling until I went to college, and I'm like, fuck, I, I ain't shit. Uh, like r- right now uh, with the baby. You know, like, I'm the man, but it's only a matter of time before she figures out I'm not, you know, so.
3: Uh. <laughs> I, you know what? I, I tell you honest got truth, man. You got to live it up while you can because uh, very soon, you know, she'll be more adventurous and then she'll want to wander off. My kids are wanderers, man. They're just so... Yeah. <laughs>
1: adventurous
3: and brave my kid is like the kid that would just wander away in a in a shopping mall Ugh. like live live it up while you can while they while they still need you for things
1: but then would also soon, yeah yeah
3: yeah pretty soon will be taken off
1: but then when i change her diaper also yeah, right. she tries to put her hand in her poop immediately and i and i have to stop that from happening cuz then she'll put it in her mouth and who knows what could happen there how do i stop her from trying to touch <laughs> touch her poop
3: yeah, that's that's a ticking time bomb. It's gonna happen. It's, it's gonna happen. Uh. Oh yeah, my my two year old, he's like, uh, he's in the beginning stages of, of potty training. So he'll he'll take his diaper off, and then out of nowhere he'll be like, "Oh, I gotta go poop," and then he'll just just go
1: poop on the floor. <laughs> uh, kind of like you did during your last fight. Um. So uh, exactly like that. Exactly. Uh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So and so, what do you do when you, he you poops on the floor? You you don't yell at him, do you? I don't think.
3: I don't think that's the answer I'm supposed to say. No, <laughs> no, I don't yell at him. <laughs> yeah, so, buddy, you you you're so close to the toilet. You know, <laughs> he, <laughs> he was so close. Uh, so yeah, I just kind of encourage him to show, you know, show him where the toilet is and see how easy it is. No one has to pick it up anymore. You just go right in the toilet and then we flush it and it goes bye bye.
1: Right. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. No. No. It's it's a it's the greatest thing in the world. It's just uh, it's exhausting. I mean, I am exhausted when I go on stage at night. Like, I mean, and I, but what's cool is that I don't care anymore what anyone else thinks of me. Except for my baby and my wife at times, um, you know, so it's, uh, it's hard. It's hard being away. Like I'm in Reno right now doing comedy and I'm away for five days from the baby. And like, I just get like, I get sick when I'm away from her and I feel like I'm not being a good parent, you know, so it's hard. I got I gotta make money though. So it's, you know, I'm sure you could relate, but, you know, oh yeah. Well, listen, Phil Davis, national champion, Bellator champion. You'll be the Bellator champion again. I'm sure of it. Uh, Thank you. Thank you for being on the podcast.
3: Yeah, thanks for having me, man.
1: No problem. Well, have a great upcoming weekend. You're the best, brother. All right. You too. Take care. Take care. All right. Peace. Peace. All right. That was Phil Davis, uh, amazing fighter. Amazing fighter, one of one of the best fighters. Um, a good guy, just a fucking good, solid guy. He doesn't get enough credit, Phil Davis. I think he should. I think he should get more credit. Um, but he doesn't get enough credit, but he should. All right, so we're gonna call. Uh, Leo Cunts says he's got a really funny Dylan Dennis story. Looking forward to hearing it. Um, this dude right here is an awesome fighter, half Korean. I didn't realize he's half Korean. Um, from uh, North Dakota. How many fighters from North Dakota that made the UFC? Not many. I think now he's um in the Dream organization, or I'll I'll, we'll find out all about it. Um, but he's a good. He's also involved in some crazy fight where the other guy it was like fixed, and the other guy did jail time. That was against Bang. Yeah, Bang cunts. So Bang cunts was was fixed. You can't make this stuff up, people. Uh, you can't make this stuff up. All right, here we go. Here we go. All right. Hello, hello, Leo Kunts. Yes, this is Leo Kuntz. Who's this? This is Adam Hunter. You're <laughs> on the MA Roasted Podcast. How you doing, man? Oh, uh, what's going on, Adam? I'm great. I'm great. How about yourself? Good. Are you, are you in Florida? Are you in North Dakota? Where are you?
4: I am. No, I'm in Florida. I've been here pretty much uh, I've been here pretty much,
1: almost full-time now for the last four years. Wow, so you're an American top team.
4: American top team, that's right. Yep, yep, yep. It's great, Jim. I love it there.
1: Nice. And then one of your training partners, I assume, is Colby Covington?
4: That's right. I mean, I wouldn't quite call him my training partner, but uh, I certainly I certainly train under the same roof with him. So we sh- we do classes together and things like that. So, the, you know, there's a lot of pros there at the gym. So the the classes are big. I've definitely worked with Colby before, though, for sure, for sure.
1: So we're talking to Leo Kuntz right now, and I just asked him... Uh, if he's if he's training partners with Colby, coming. I'm actually a, a pretty good friends with Colby, and he, uh, a lot of people, you know, he's a very divisive figure. But to me, he's always been a very nice guy. <laughs> and his, his yeah, I
4: know that that's exactly only been my experience with Colby too. You know, he's uh, and it's great. I like what he's doing, man. It's it's uh, he's pumping the sport. You know what I mean? And it's it's good.
1: Now he does say that nobody at the gym can hang with him in jujitsu. I can't tell if he's being serious or not, is that true, including the teachers? that he just runs through everybody you
4: know i'm gonna I'm gonna bite my tongue on this one a little bit here and and just say like, hey, there's some pretty high level guys there <laughs> at the gym yeah, I yeah. train at co- you know coaches included there there's some high level dudes yeah. you know, and uh to say that to say that he doesn't get beat by any of them. I mean, I don't know. I think that might be a stretch, right. but I don't want to get myself in trouble here either.
1: Right, so. but, he does go, but he does go 100% all the time, he, right? I mean, his, his cardio is unbelievable. He does. That's
4: for sure. That's for sure. Kobe's one of those guys where any time you're training with him, you have to be ready to go 100%. Otherwise, you know, when you're going against guys that train at that intensity level and you're going 50%, I mean, that's, that's when the injuries happen. And stuff like that. So if you're if you're training with Colby, you have to be ready to go 100 percent because you can be guaranteed that's what he's going to be doing.
1: Now I was and I'm I was, sure
4: that's why. Uh, you go on. Oh, I was going to say I'm sure I'm sure that's what helped get him to the point he's at right now and his wrestling credentials. I mean, that's you know that's one of those things that just it, it, it's kind of it's kind of built into a lot of wrestlers. You know, they don't want to give up a takedown. They don't want anybody to score on them. They just want to dominate the match the whole time. They want to dominate whatever they're doing the whole time.
1: Now, now you, you know, were and, and that's
4: definitely yeah, how he approaches training.
1: Now you were a wrestler back in North Dakota. Uh, how I was. You, that's right. Were you a, a state champion? Did you place in the states? I never was a state
4: champion. No, I, I actually, I actually only, I actually only went to two state tournaments. And both state tournaments that I went to, I placed second in wow. <laughs> my junior and senior year. And I, lo- I lost to a guy who went on to become uh, uh, an NAIA uh, champion, uh, college wrestling champion, and he, he won Mr. Wrestler uh, uh, State Award for the-, for the best wrestler in the state and things like that. So he was, he was pretty-, pretty accomplished himself. But yeah, I, I took second to, uh my junior and senior years. At, uh, uh, that's pretty Lincoln, impressive, Dakota, dude. Taking
1: so. second in the entire state is nothing to like. Be like, oh, I only took second in the state, ninety nine point nine nine, and keep going. Another people will never be able to achieve that's that. Right? He so must have been a really good wrestler. Yeah, I
4: know it. Yeah, yeah, no, I know it. I, I, I mean, I have some. I, you know, I've had a lot. I had a lot of scholarships. I took a year off and uh went into uh actually the national guard. I was in the national guard for a little while. I got um it was kind of, it was a good decision on my part, but it was bad timing because uh I got really bad into drugs, really really bad. I had a really bad run in with drugs right out of high school right after I got in the military. And uh and I actually got discharged uh less than honorably discharged from the guard right right after I finished all the training, basic training, AIT, did everything, had all my training done and came back and was going to drill. And I just, I was in the wrong crowd with the wrong people. And, you know, so I, anyways, I ended up taking time off before I went back to college. I had a bunch of scholarships, even for football too. Wow. And uh, all that stuff kind of evaporated very quickly. Because, I mean, I I was, uh, I was went from being about a little over 200 to about 160. 65 and not from dieting from, from abusing, abusing drugs. Now what, so Now was, I mean, yeah, so bad. we're
1: talking coke, meth, heroin.
4: Yeah, I mean, I didn't get into heroin and I didn't get into injections, but, uh, meth for sure. That's a really bad one, uh, in North Dakota, especially at that time they were, they were busting, oh, three, two, two to 300 labs a year in North Dakota. At that point, it was everywhere. It was everywhere. I mean, Wow. Bad, really bad news. But that that was the main thing that really messed really messed me up because uh, it just it's a bad drug, man. It's it's bad. It's all around bad. or nothing good about it. So did
1: you have to go to rehab?
4: I didn't. I mean, I was really close to. I mean, I I was actually. I should have. I was really. I borderline borderline suicidal. Uh, seriously, for. For, um, probably six months, and uh, I really probably should have went to a rehab facility, but it was never one of those things I was able to pull the trigger on, and actually, to be honest, fighting is really, is really honestly, one of the things that, that helped pull me out of it, because uh, I mean, I got into fighting when I was in my early 20s, Uh, very early twenties. And that's when I was just kind of on the tail end of my bad, bad drug use. And I was probably at a point in my life where I could have went either way. And, uh, I started getting into training and training was going good. I was doing well. And I was like, Hey, this, this is something that I might actually, you know, be able to take to the, to the top, take it, take it as far as I can take it. And, uh, you know, I was really one of the Honestly, one of the things that helped me stay clean and 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 uh, get my life back on track was fighting and that's that's no shit
1: Well, I mean you were off to a, a roaring start you went 16 and 1 uh, Your first 17 fights you were you were wrecking fools you ran into Sam Alvey that that was a yeah issue, um, Right Sam Alvey. Was,
4: Yeah, well, you know I'm not, never the type of guy to make any excuses or anything like that But um, when when I got the call from my manager um I was at a point where I was mostly working and not training, you know, so I I I took that call to go on to the Ultimate Fighter on about like three weeks notice from, from literally no training, no training at all. And I mean, Sam, I ain't trying to take anything away from Sam. He is a heavy handed dude who knows how to throw good punches. Okay, so I ain't taking anything away from him, but I myself was definitely, definitely not at my peak performance at, at that fight but hey man he caught me with a really nice a really nice lead lead hand hook and he, he was pumping the jab and I was reaching I was pawing for it pawing for it he seen the opening I pawed out for that jab when he threw the threw the faint jab and he came right over the side with the fucking lead hook and just caught me on the caught me right on the button I mean have you seen the video did you go watch the video
1: I didn't watch the video I gotta okay, be honest.
4: He, he, he hit me he puts me down I'm on the way I'm on the way back up. Like The the impact with the canvas woke me up. He flash KO'd me. I hit the canvas. I woke right up, and I was popping right back up to my feet, but but the ref already called it at that point.
1: Well, Sam's also like a super— And I don't super... blame him
4: because I dropped, I dropped hard. Like I I was actually on—oh, uh, what's that show Rob Deerdick has? Uh, uh, ri- ridic- not, ridiculousness? Yeah, Rob Dyrdek
1: had some sh- uh, outrageousness or something like yeah, that. Yeah, uh, ridiculousness, right?
4: Ridiculousness. That's what it was. I was. I was on an episode of Ridiculousness, actually, too, for for that KO. Wow. That Sam Alvey KO.
1: Well, Sam Alvey's <laughs> one of these guys that also has like he's an awkward fighter with insane power, and he's if, yeah. he, if you have, if you're not used to fighting a guy like that, he throws a lot of people off. He and he's crafty too. I
4: mean, he knows. He knocks out. He's. I th- he went up to middleweight after that, and knocking dudes out at middleweight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? He was the biggest guy at, at on season sixteen of Ultimate Fighter, hands down. He was the biggest guy there. Everybody, no doubt. You know. But hey, man, you picked and, yourself yeah, up.
1: Um, you won three more fights. You got into the UFC. Yep. Yeah, then, then you were involved right, in like right. the, the weirdest fight in the history. First of all, the fight was against a guy named Bang. So <laughs> Bang Cunts, which is like. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's that's right. Hilarious. And then. They somebody put gave him money to all right. Sometimes I have this is right. So, one point okay. six million dollars. You you tell me the whole fucking story. So you you say
4: I I can tell you the whole fucking story. That's right. right. Let me. Let me right. You want the whole fucking story or the abbreviated version?
1: I want the I want the whole story about what happened.
4: Okay. Here here's what happened. All right. Minutes before me and him are going out to fight. Okay. We both get visits from the UFC brass. Okay. And their guys I didn't even know who they are. Not Dana White, not those guys. I'm talking the decision makers. You know what I mean? The brass. They were down there. They came up to me and they told me, hey, we just had the largest odd swing. And I had no idea about betting how that all works. I didn't realize that the betting odds are actually based upon the wagers that come in. Okay. And so what happened is they had there was the largest single night Odd swing in MMA history. That's how the story started off. They're like, whoa, we don't know what happened with this odd swing here. Okay? Well, the UFC brass knew what was up. They knew that that meant that some huge fucking bets were coming in at the last minute. All right? And the huge bets came in on me. All right? There was a million-dollar bet that came in the night before the fight on me. A million, actually a million, and then another bet for 50000 that came in for me. Okay? For me to win the night before our fight. And they addressed this. They didn't say much to me because... You know, they knew that the situation I likely had nothing to do with it. It was the other guy that was obviously trying to take a dive. All right, so they went and they talked to him too about this. Okay, somehow from the from the time that we had those conversations to the time we went and fought, he had changed his mind about this whole decision and what what had happened. And he he came out to the Korean uh, law enforcement and 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 and, and uh, admitted this to Korean law enforcement because he was. Scared for his life because he actually the bri the the money that he got was from a Korean organized criminal elements. They put the million dollar bet in on him, and they also gave him a hundred thousand dollars.
1: And that's to throw the fight, so with, for so for you to win,
4: to throw the fight, to throw the fight. That's right, to throw the fight. Yep, and he put half of the money that they gave him down on the wager as well for for me to win. Okay. I didn't find out about all this exactly like that until I got a call. I got a message, an email from Bang's lawyer and Bang's lawyer asked me if I would be willing to write a a letter about our fight and just explain in my own terms, how I thought the fight went down. And honestly, I fought a lot. Okay. I fought a lot. I know when guys are trying, when they're not trying there, there's no, I had no indication at all that he wasn't trying to win that fight. Right. Okay. So, if if he was if he was still trying to take a dive at that point, I I mean he wasn't trying very fucking hard. So and then he you ended know? up doing ten uh, months yeah. in jail.
1: So. What's that? And he ended up doing ten months in prison in a in a. Korean... He did. Yeah, he ended up going to fucking prison for it too. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now and you're now mean, you're was... half Korean, right? I am, that's right. Yep. Yeah. Uh, half Korean, half German. So do they offer you half the money to throw the fight or no? Ha! Ah, I wish. <laughs> but, I fucking
4: wish, man. No, I I could use it and it's it's really sad. I mean it's really sad. Like just I mean, you know, the the paydays that guys like me and him aren't making aren't that great. You know what I mean? And it's like it just kinda in my opinion, just kinda goes to show a little bit about the UFC and their business policies, you know, and it's like, hey, I mean, you guys need to start paying your fighters, even the low level guys, you know, so that they don't have, so that these types of decisions aren't something that they're even thinking about. I mean, this is the type of things that, you know, wreck sports This is what wrecked boxing. Okay. And, and, and there's no reason that a pro fighter should feel he has to go work with a criminal, uh, uh, element to, to make his bread. You know what I mean? It's just, it's, it's ridiculous. It's, uh, it's ridiculous.
1: So then after, so you, you win your next fight, then you get cut by the UFC, and you go back to Korea to fight. No, no,
4: I, I lost two. You I lost, lost both of my UFC fights. I lost the first, get... one the right. first one was against Islam Makachev. The first one was against Islam Makachev, yep. I, I lost that one by by rear naked choke. And he, is that the guy that the was involved in, was in the uh, Connor scuffle? What's that? Was so is
1: Islam Makachev the guy that involved in the McGregor scuffle? Was that him? No, that's oh. Dylan Dennis. No, no, but wasn't That's there, no, but, advantage. no, but, 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 it wasn't Islam one of the guys that, uh, attacked Connor? Wasn't that wasn't, I don't think,
4: I don't think Islam was, I think that was Artem Lobov. I think that was Lobov. No, that was
1: before, but I'm saying, oh, no,
4: that attacked Connor, that attacked Connor. Like I don't know. That the, could be, like that very well cage. could be Adam. I don't know
1: for sure. Yeah, yeah. It seems like everyone who gets involved with you is, uh, in some kind of a, <laughs> what's going on here? All right, so that, all right, I so know. What,
4: I, I it just I must just be one of those guys. I'm a bad apple, I guess. No, you know no, what I mean? People not, get involved in me, bad things happen. Has nothing you know, on The next one, next one that's gonna have bad things happen to him is Dylan Dennis all, right, all right, so let's talk about well, that. I mean, what what happened,
1: just, ho- yeah, what, that, what happened with you and Dylan Danis? Okay.
4: <laughs> this dude, this kid, man, like I ain't never talked trash to nobody my whole career because I don't have nothing for respect for these guys that are putting their life putting their family lives, putting their everything. They're putting everything online on the line to, to, to do something they love for hardly no money. Okay. So I, 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 I'm not the type of guy to track, talk, talk trash and do that type of shit, but this Dylan Gannis dude, okay. He just has me so worked up because he's just, he is, he has such a big following on, uh, uh, on social media and things like that. And this is somebody who could be doing good things with their life. Okay. And he chooses to go do all this stupid fucking shit and just make himself into a shit show and try to sit here and claim, Oh, I'm Dylan Dennis. I'm the GOAT. I'm this. I'm that. It's bullshit. And you know, there, someone needs to fucking call him out on it and not just a little bit. All right. And, and, and that's what I'm fucking trying to do with this guy, man. Is I'm, I'm, I'm fed up with it. Someone needs to kick this kid's fucking ass. And I, and I want to be in line. I want to be the first one in line for it.
1: Okay. Happy talk. So what I did is I started. Yep. Go on, go ahead.
4: Go on, go on. Please talk. Go on. Okay. What I did, what I did is I started a campaign, a small campaign against him on Twitter. Okay. Cause I was like, Hey, I mean, I haven't been really active on social media, but one of the awesome things of being involved with UFC, they get your social media squared away for you. Okay. I wish I would have been more involved and had them verify my Instagram, but they did verify my Twitter. Okay. And I know for some people that means a lot of things when you got that nice little blue check mark by your name. All right. So I went on Twitter and I, and I was using my blue check mark and whatever I could to just get as much attention, any attention that I could towards no and Dennis and pulling no punches, holding, holding nothing back. I was just like, Hey, I'm going to say whatever I need to say to this kid because he don't care. He don't have no respect for anybody. He ain't put his fucking time in. I don't give a shit about him. Okay. So I'm going to say whatever I got to say to this kid, get his fucking attention. That's what I tried to do nothing but quiet nothing but crickets okay hearing nothing from him. a couple of days go by i keep on after him keep on after him nothing happens but i start to notice i am starting to get build a little bit of uh momentum here on twitter uh you i believe didn't add me until i finally started uh getting after dylan danis you know and, and and now here i am on your show right so i mean it's it's, it's bullshit. and. Then what he goes now? He 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 talks all this trash, all right. Talks all this trash to all these other guys, guys that he can't fight. I'm a guy that he can potentially fight. My manager right now uh, is, is in con- is talking to Bellator. I am on a list right now for when things open up. When there's openings at 170 in Bellator, I'm going to be in the conversation for sure. I'm also a PFL replacement right now as well too. So we're going to see how all that works out. But anyways, this fight can really happen, all right? And. All of a sudden, <laughs> things start to go a little quiet from him. You know what I'm so I'm sitting here kind of wondering like, well, what's going on? I just I haven't seen any posts from him for a little bit here. Uh, you know, so he must. What's going on? You know, I was like I've been after him here. I'm expecting a reply. Something, something. You know, I got to be something's got to be happening. No replies, no replies. So <laughs> next day, all quiet again. I'm like, well, something's got to be a little fishy here. So I go all and I start looking on Twitter and I try to find some of his stuff on there so I can you know fucking call him out again, tell him he's a little bitch. And here, the <laughs> here the little motherfucker went and blocked me ah. off his off his fucking Twitter account.
1: Ah, come on.
4: Yes, he fucking blocked. now, okay, Adam. When 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 a bully's out in the schoolyard, okay, and, and you're scared of this bully, what do you do? You go hide, right? Of you course. go run, you go hide somewhere. Yeah. Exactly what he's doing right now, okay? He sees that I'm finally, I'm building some steam up against him. He don't want to fuck with me. He wants to fuck with these little guys that got one and two records, three and two records, okay? He ain't trying to fuck with somebody who's legit. I'm going to give him the chance. I'm going to give him the chance, <laughs> and we're going to make this fucking happen. And, and that's, that's my beef with Dylan Dennis right now. The kid is just bad for the sport. All, all around, bad for the sport. I mean, his 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 former jujitsu coach excommunicated him from the gym.
1: Yes, I mean, sure.
4: you know these 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 you know and the, and the things he says and and he doesn't show no respect to anybody. Well, in this sport, man, you need to earn your respect. All right, you need to pay it in blood, sweat, and tears. Okay, you don't just come in here and start thinking you're the boss. Okay, if you do, you better be ready to handle it when someone's going to come up and tell you that you're a little piece of shit. Okay. And and when I go do that what's he do? He runs and hides. Runs and hides. So, I mean that's a little bit about his character. I can tell you a little bit about his character right
1: there. Yeah, he doesn't want to fight you. I mean, he's going to well, first of all, you've had, you know, 19 fights. Uh, you're a great fighter. He's had he's only one or no. So they I don't know if they would even sanction that fight. Uh, that's just that, you know, that's just
4: what I was going to say is any, <laughs> any, any fucking commission that does sanction that fight is going to have a lawsuit on their hands because I'm going to fucking murder this dude. I mean, his face is going to be a rearranged. His nose is going to be on the other side of his fucking head. Okay. As I guarantee he's there's no way he's going to want to stand up with me. There's no fucking way. The only thing he's going to do is try to lay on his back and that's fine. Cause I don't care. I'll, I'd like to be right on top of him. I'll fucking pound the
1: shit out of him. Yeah, I mean Bellator you know, you're, you're, did you're, sanction you're Aaron Pico against that guy that was like twelve and four. The guy that knocked out Pico the first time. So maybe, you know, maybe they would, now that I think about it. Right? The guy that knocked out I Aaron mean, Pico. I mean, after another
4: fight or two, I don't I don't have to fight him in the next fight. You know what I mean? As of right now, I'm an unsigned free agent, you know, so right now it's like Right now, the fight's not going to happen in the next couple months. You know, it's for sure not going to happen in the next month, couple months. It for sure ain't going to be his next fight. So, hopefully, he can get three and zero. I mean, hopefully, you know, if he's lucky, he can get three and four and zero, and then we can make this fight happen.
1: Yeah, I would love to see that fight. Uh, I mean, I, I like oh I like watching all your fights. It, but... it wouldn't
4: be a fight; it'd be it'd be a massacre. Yeah, it'd be a be a, be a massacre. Now, how, how do you think
1: you would do against him in a grappling competition? What's that now? How do you think you would do against him in a grappling competition?
4: Well, grappling competition. I mean, (laughs) I'm not a grappler. I'm not a submission grappler. I mean, I know some submission grappling and things like that. I'm not going to take that away from him. Okay. He's a good submission grappler. He probably beat me in a straight submission grappling tournament. All right. I know he would, he would beat me for sure, but this is full contact combat sport. Okay. So I mean, all that stuff goes out the window when I break your nose with an elbow. You know, you know what I mean. Your, your, your black belt goes out the window with you when you're, once your nose is broken and blood's running all down your face.
1: Now, I read that you wake up every morning and do kung fu and tai chi. Is this true? That's right. Where the hell did you read that? I did, I, did, I did my research. You done that. your
4: homework, Adam. Yes. Is that, is that true? How, wow. How, yes, I do.
1: I mean, how long
4: do you do this kung, for? I've been training kung fu extensively since i've been here in south florida and to be honest in my opinion my practice with chinese kung fu has been one of the things that has single-handedly transformed me the most not just as a fighter but also as a person this gym that i'm training at american top team that has been the the main factor in the equation Okay, that's the main factor in the equation of, of where I'm at, of where I'm at right now with my fighting skills. But without Chinese Kung Fu, I would not be the fighter that I am today. I would not approach life the way that I do today. It's uh it's a very, especially when, it, with, with, when you start doing Tai Chi and Qigong, Gong, it's a lot about, it's a lot about energy work, yin and yang. It's very, very similar to yoga, uh, breath work, pranayama, things like that. Lots of other benefits besides fighting. Okay, but when you can apply these same types of theories to your fighting style, to anything that you do with Chinese martial arts, if if you're practicing the right Chinese martial arts, getting the right instruction, a lot of it's been watered down. A lot of it um, is only theoretical. The, 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 the application part of it has kind of been lost because there's no necessity anymore. It's still out there. There are still people, but you gotta go look for them. You gotta go find them. And, and that's what I did. I found one of them here. In, in South Florida, who I got to tell you the story about him really quick. He's passed away. He's my late Sifu. But when he first came here to, to to Miami, okay, he was in his 30s, and he competed in a karate tournament as having no experience in karate. All right, and he won the fifth to ninth dan black belt, uh, fifth to ninth black belt, uh, fifth to ninth dan black belt division. A forum division, but he used a Chinese martial arts form to win it. So, so, and and this was the first. This was the first uh, competition that he had done back here. And and many comparisons um, in the martial arts, in the traditional martial arts world at that time, were comparing him. A lot of compare, a lot of comparisons were being made to Bruce Lee. And and I have no doubt that he would have had a huge, awesome, very popular school if his grasp of the English language would have been better because even, even that was 30 years ago when he first came here and w- even when I started training with him, I mean, it took me a year before I could really have a, a solid conversation where I knew exactly what we were saying and I knew exactly what was going on, you know, just cause of his, just cause how he struggled with, with English, you know? So yeah, I love, I love Chinese Kung Fu. It's, uh, it's going to be part of my life long after I'm done in the cage.
1: It's crazy because uh, Robert Downey Jr. also had a substance problem. He he does that every every morning as well. So oh, it's
4: for peace of mind. Um, uh, you know, it's the the mind body spirit benefit of these Chinese martial arts is is really great. And uh, you know, when when you can actually take that and and apply this theory to fighting, I mean, it's it's Chinese Chinese kung fu is like. It's like one of these great mysteries, you know, the pyramids, Atlantis, you know, these huge monolithic structures that are underneath the ocean. No one knows how they got there. I mean, there's stories of these, you know, there's stories of of, of kung fu fighters, you know, being able to achieve amazing things with their body. Okay. And, uh, yeah, could it, could, could it be just stories? Sure, of course. But, uh, you know, we have proof that there are mysterious things that we don't understand, like the pyramids. You know what I mean, and it's uh, for me. It's it's something that I, I've I've now uh, devoted my life to, and it's uh, in my next fight. You'll you'll be able to see how how uh how I'm able to implement some of the Chinese kung
1: fu. Does because kung fu um, actually work in fighting? You know fighting? the, you Cause know you the see, last because you see like Chuck Norris that, back in... does it actually work, help in actual fighting? Like like the actual techniques right. of kung fu. Does, does that actually
4: work? That's right. One hundred. You'll see in my next fight. You'll see in my next fight, Adam. Because uh, I mean, you know. My last four fights have been at 155. And, and all my other fights, I'm 17, 1 and 1 as a welterweight. And I'm, and I'm 1 and 3 as a lightweight. And my next fight's going to be back at welterweight or maybe at an open weight wherever fatty Dylan Danis can make weight at. You know, so where, I'll fight open weight with him. I don't care. Fucking 200 pounds, whatever. I ain't worried about it. So
1: right 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 no i I love it i love it uh well listen okay leo Kunz. by the way how much was it hard growing up with the last name to people make fun of you a lot or no
4: (laughs) well it's it's actually Kunz. oh actually the and in in the area that i grew up in it's a german area it's a german last name so everybody knew that name well so i had no problems growing up but when i got into the army and even at the gym where i'm at right now one of one of the one of the, man, the manager there uh Richie he calls me Leo Cuntz all the time and he knows it's Kunts. He just you know what i mean he just does it cuz it's funny. And i mean of course the UFC capitalized on it too with my fight against Bong his name, his last name's Bong, okay? But when they did the promo all it said is Bong Kunts <laughs> or Bang Kunts, you know what i mean? So yes. we kind of laughed about it like yeah, some i'm sure somebody overlooked that. No, i'm sure it
1: was intentional, you know. <laughs> but I love it. Well, thanks for coming on the podcast. Hope you get your fight with Dylan and uh keep up the great work, man. I appreciate Adam.
4: Thanks for having me on. It's been a pleasure. I mean, uh, I, you know, the, the guest list that you had on here is a, is a who's who of 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 wealth of the best welterweights in the world. So, I mean, I, I'm honored
1: that you have me on the show, Adam. Anytime brother. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That was Leo Kuntz. I, I've been saying it wrong the entire time. It's Leo Kuntz. Uh, I like that guy. I hope he gets to fight with Dylan Danis. I think that Bellator is going to keep Dylan away from him um, if they want Dylan to have a rest of a career, but who knows? They've done some strange things over at Bellator, and I I like it, but yeah. Anyway, listen, people. If you're in Reno, I'm here the rest of the week till Monday at the Reno Laugh Factory, until Sunday, actually. Then uh, April 19th and 20th at the Black Box Theater in Boca Raton, Florida. New York City, Gotham Comedy Club, May 16th. Paradise Casino in Yuma. Yuma, Arizona, June 1st. June 1st. Uh, Avi Casino in Laughlin, June 6th. Comedy Cave in Calgary, June 11th to the 16th. Minnesota House of Comedy, June 19th to the 23rd. Las Vegas, July 1st to the 7th. LA Comedy Club at the Stratosphere. And then Off the Hill Comedy Club in Naples, July 18th to the 21st. Uh, thank you guys so much. Uh, for listening, if you shop on Amazon, go to adamhunter.com first, then go to Amazon on the banner and buy whatever you want. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. We got two more coming this week. Take care, bye
0: bye.